So, hey, Gunnar. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good, good. So, I was up in Westford last week and uh, ran into Dan Walsh. Ah, Dan Walsh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. How's he doing? Yeah. Good, good. He's, he's like, so uh, when are you guys going to do another episode again? <laughs> your, your Dan Walsh is improving. Yeah, I'm, I've been, I'm getting ready for the summit. I got to do my best. But, uh, yeah, and I'm like, well, what? We're kicking out episodes all the time. Gunnar just did uh, an interview, and he's like, yeah, but you guys aren't together. And so, Dan, here you go. We're, we're dedicating this one to you. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, no, it has been a while, Dave. We've been we've got uh, all kinds of schedule mashups and and travel yes. and stuff has gotten in the way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Vacations, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, glad to be glad to be back uh, in in a regular old episode. So this is fun because I was I was worried too that it's like we'll be like um, with too many interviews and we'll be like typecast as like a really nerdy like Charlie Rose sort of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. The the Terry Gross of of IT paranoia. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, well, uh, although we do have some great interviews, I'm really, uh, mm-hmm. it's really flattering to have so many people willing to spend time with us. Um, that's, yes. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. 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 We got, we got a couple in the can already that, uh, are, are uh, we're going to kick out before the summit. Um, so, but yeah, I, I love it when the folks get on the show to share what they're working on. Yep. Oh, we should plug the summit, Dave. It's coming up real soon. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. End of June. Going into July, yeah, that's right. Yep. In, in San Francisco this year. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. It's uh, be there, or be square, huh? <laughs> that's right. So I think you go to what redhat.com slash summit. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Great. That's all you gotta do. Easy, easy peasy. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so give me an update. What's going on? Yeah. So, um, let's see. Uh, remember when we were talking about uh, David Grohl Alley? How could I forget? And- yeah, the world's biggest drumsticks. Um, so when when people go to the show notes, um, I have a link of of me with the world's biggest drumsticks, and and you can see them right there. Very nice. Congratulations. I know you've been working on that for a while. Yeah, yeah. So it was well, it was actually the first motorcycle ride I did of the year, and then I I go up and it's like it's this alley, and right next to this Burger King, and it's like I go I go down the alley and it's like oh wow it's pretty cool. There's like all these murals, um, and you can see of all the pictures I took. And, um, there's this really cool one that it's like, I park uh, where the drumsticks are and I park my motorcycle, took a couple pictures and it's like, ah, that's pretty cool. And, uh, this like lady pulled into the, uh, parking lot and, uh, I'm like, Hey, could you take my picture? And, and she's like, uh, yeah, sure. And she's like, uh, I guess you're on a pilgrimage, huh? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she took my picture and everything. And it winds up, she's the, uh, um, like the director of the Trumbull County Historical Society, and and so I'm like, oh, so is this is this part of your uh, your your purview, the this exhibit here? And she's like, no, I wish, but uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. So I, I appreciate the, her uh, taking the pictures uh, there. So it was great. Yeah, very nice. And uh, yeah, and then I found out uh, two things, uh, two additional things. Uh, one is Bruce Willis is not moving to my neighborhood. <laughs> Okay, is this a little bit like that old Saturday Night Live gag with the uh, Generalissimo Francisco Franco is still dead? So this, uh, Bruce, no. Bruce Willis is still not moving to your neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> right, no, no, no. I forget what, what happened. Like somebody, it was like some fake news site um, said that uh, Bruce Willis is moving to Cuyahoga Falls. Um, and and a real, like the the... Cuyahoga Falls Chamber of Commerce or whatever, they like started tweeting it saying, welcome Bruce Willis. And, you know, they were like all excited <laughs> that he's coming. And, and then they were just found out that they just got, uh, um, made fools of, and, and then they, they deleted it. Um, but I'll tell you what is coming to, uh, uh, my neighborhood though. Oh, what's that? Uh, PyCon. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. 20, 2018, 2019 is, uh, will be hosted in Cleveland. Very nice. That that PyCon. So PyCon, if you don't, if you if you're listening and you don't know, is the is the big Python developer conference every year. So hugely popular language Python. Um, and I think this year they had over three thousand people attending. Um, mm. So that's going to be a good size show. 
Yeah, yeah. Assuming there's anything left of Cleveland after the uh, Republican convention uh, in July. <laughs> so we'll see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet you they got a discount. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So how, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I've been, uh, I've been extremely busy, although not very much traveling lately, which has been nice. Um, oh, good for you. Yeah. So actually most of, most of, I guess May, well, most of May, I was supposed to ground myself in May, but that didn't happen at all. I was traveling almost every week in May, but, um, or I beg your pardon, April. Uh, and then May has been mostly travel free and, uh, yeah. So it's nice to spend some time with the kids. Uh, we've, uh, We've started using one of these uh, meal delivery services, uh, you know, the kind where they like send you the ingredients. Um, oh, what, what's it called? Uh, well, we're, we're currently shopping around, so we're doing a different one. Uh, or, you know, we're trying to trying a different one out uh, each cycle. So, um, yeah. you know, some are specialized in like fancy, fancy food. Others are specialized in uh, organic stuff. And they all have different ways of differentiating themselves. But um, uh, if you have a two-year-old, uh, I can strongly recommend uh, get yourself a subscription to a service like this and then buy yourself a learning tower, um, which allows the kid to kind of safely stand up at the kitchen table and, and oh. work alongside you. And so there give him go. a blunt little knife and uh, his little little hands wrapped around it. He enjoys uh, chopping uh, carrots, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He enjoys peeling things and, uh, yeah. and, uh, and grating cheese. All these things are delightful. Um, yeah. and he's even, he's actually, it's amazing. He's so young, but he's asking for it by like cooking. I want to cook food, cooking. Okay. <laughs> All right. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Pretty cool. So anyway, that comes up. So we've been, uh, we've been playing with that. And that also means that we are eating dinner as a family, which is, uh, Oh, very good. Yeah. I'm a fan is, of that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's nice. Uh, let's see what else, what else is going on? Oh, uh, not sleeping especially well. Uh, and so that encouraged me to go uh, use uh, this uh, SleepBot app. I know a lot of people use like Fitbit or uh, their Nike Surge or Fuel or whatever it is they call it. But um, I, I've been very happy with this free app uh, that just sits there and listens to me snore all night. Uh, it'll even record my snoring for me if uh, if if I like. Nice. Um, nice. And uh, I'm learning all kinds of uh, good things about my sleep. Um, not least is uh, I'm not getting any. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's the so that's going to force me to change some some of my behavior, but that's all for the good. Uh, and then with my newfound free time, uh, Dave, you might have noticed that I've my blog has fallen off a little bit. I've, I've been a little distracted with the new job and the child yes. and things like that. So right. um, trying to get back into the habit of doing a newsletter now because mm. all the kids do newsletters now. We don't do blogs anymore. Blogs are for old people. Mm. Uh, okay. And since I'm so young and vigorous, I decided to start doing a newsletter. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm doing something different with it. I... I I'm using it. I'm, I've actually connected it to my weekly review, right? So I'm a getting things done guy. And so every Sunday I go back and look back on the, all the events in my calendar and look forward to all the events in my calendar and go through all my inboxes and stuff like that. And it turns out that that is a pretty good way to get ideas for stuff to write. Um, hmm. And so I'm using the newsletter as like a little punctuation mark at the end of my weekly review, um, hmm. which yeah. is, uh, it's been fun. It's actually, yeah, it's been fun to do. Um, nice. so, uh, if, uh, if folks are interested in my musings, um, they can go check out, uh, a technology job is no excuse.com. Yes. Yeah. Well, we got to put a link to that in the show notes so yeah, they can yeah. uh, sign up. Yep. Yep. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yep. Uh, so speaking of, well, let's get to the show, Dave. We got a ton of stuff is, uh, has piled up here. Uh, so what, what yes. are we, uh, what are we talking about this week? We have a killer show lined up. Um, yeah. So we're talking about, uh, kill switches, uh, killer robots, killer apps, and uh, killing products. Oh, I see what we did there. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's great. So if folks want to link uh, to the newsletter or want to see photos of you and Dave Kroll Alley, uh, what website should they go to? Yeah, uh, dgshow.org. Excellent. Yep. All right. Sounds yeah. good. Um, and the cutting room floor is actually rich. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's full and rich. I, some of my favorites in there were uh, uh, we got uh, ways of doing spark lines with Unicode. Uh, yes, to, uh, you need that. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Huge fan of spark lines and even bigger fan of Unicode. So uh, putting those two things together was really nice. Thanks, uh, thanks, Eric, for pointing that out. Um, you, you found this uh, this creepy URL shortener um, <laughs> where it'll take a you know instead of doing like t.co slash gobbledygook, um, it turns your URL into something that looks like a phishing attempt. Uh, mm-hmm. to kind of like, you know, five, eight Z dot 
my slash uh compromise backend dot php or something like that um, <laughs> i just think it's like it's hilarious uh yes. definitely encourage folks to try that out and then you found this list of uh, uh kind of a, a a personal hotel security checklist provided by a, a cia operative yeah yeah it's a, i use it all the time now <laughs> that's good so it's like check your corners uh, mm-hmm. put a put a hair in the door jam like that kind of thing yeah have a go bag right exactly uh-huh. it's like right. if you got to get the hell out of there <laughs> right yeah that's right you never know when the kill switches or the killer robots might arrive yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. cool yeah yeah so found uh so one of the fun things um we, there's one thing i found in the philadelphia area people were getting emails um, for, and supposedly from the uh, uh, Tredifrin Police Department, I guess it's uh, in Tredifrin, Pennsylvania, um, and and so uh, saying that hey, you were speeding uh, at this location, you were going this fast, um, and you should uh, you need to um, install this software so you could make a payment to pay your ticket. Whoa, that yeah. is a that is like a that's some next level scamming. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, like, and they weren't sure, like the, the data was actually real data of, or supposedly real data or plausible data in terms of GPS location and like speed information. Mm -hmm. And so people were getting caught up by it. And so they weren't sure if it came from, um, like an app that had like phone tracking information, like it could have been a legitimate app that had been compromised or they're running something sketchy or, or what's going on. Um, but, uh, you know, that there was like, uh, stuff like that, that was like, like super duper creepy. But, uh, how, if you were to do something like this, how would you implement it? Uh, well, it's interesting. So the, I guess the, if you, so if I had a criminal mind, Dave, which, mm-hmm. which I don't, but if I did, yeah. I would be thinking about, um, not only how to, how to execute this for, to get the most money possible, but also how to, how to minimize my risk. We've seen stuff like this before with, um, like ransomware, you know, like taking photos mm-hmm. out of, you know, it, listen, if you got control of somebody's phone and, uh, you got an app that has access to a camera, you can do some pretty damaging stuff, but two yes. problems with that. First is, uh, that it is not just fraud or a scam or whatever. It's also, um, Blackmail, thank you. Uh, and so that that probably carries additional charges, or maybe even worse charges than the than uh, uh, than the crime itself. So so there's that to consider. You wanna you wanna minimize your risk that way, um, and then um, uh, and then at the same time you also wanna maximize your return. And so instead of asking one person for ten thousand dollars so that a compromising photo won't hit the internet, um, why don't you just ask ten thousand people for twenty bucks? Yes. That seems right. like a seems like a pretty good scam to me. Yeah, and that scales pretty well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I wonder too if if more and more stuff like this happens, will people like I can imagine like if people get like uh, police departments get more and more sophisticated, and uh, instead of getting like a paper ticket, you actually do get an email uh, from the the police where it's like your email is associated with your driver's license and then they can email tickets directly to you and all that. But if there are situations like this where you get these scams, if it would just make things like that not get adopted by the public because they would be too step- mm-hmm. skeptical because they wouldn't be able to distinguish between a real ticket and like a fake uh, ransomware-ish sort of ticket. Yeah, it made me wonder why somebody doesn't do something similar, but with people are already used to receiving postal mail from the police, right? For uh, you know, yeah. getting ticketed by mail for speeding or blowing a red light or something like that. Um, and then it occurred to me that that it would be super, super hard to fake um, because you would need to have a photo of the person's actual car. Because if it's not their car, they're not going to pay for it. Um, well, and... what if the letter? What if what if the letter was scary enough that it was like, you know, you can get the data mm. like license numbers and you know it's like a, a letter from whatever and they don't put that they don't have to put the picture and if they get so many people to respond to it yep. you know that's it can pay for itself well i suppose so i suppose so but also super traceable right so what yes. is part of the magic of this is that they're making yeah. people install software from some you know hanky server at right you know 5z8.my slash etc etc um you know compromise something.php uh and so 
that way they can maintain their anonymity. Whereas like, you know, they would otherwise have to get a PO box or something like that. Yeah. And then they also have to, um, uh, like a stamp and, you know, whereas like send an email spam, that's, there's very little cost to that compared to like a 50 cent stamp. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It turns out crime is kind of complicated, Dave. That's what I'm taking away from this. A lot of, yeah. a lot of ins and outs, way easier to sit here and just, you know, show up to conference calls and answer email. <laughs> right. Right. But I, something totally unrelated. Mm-hmm. Um, you could build your own speed trap camera system with the raspberry Pi and open CV. Oh, see, that's interesting. Yeah. So you could put that in front of your house and uh, issue tickets if you want, I guess. You could you could probably wire it up to OpenShift to um, send out tickets to people and all that. Yeah. You know, you could be a real jerk and uh, put it on your front lawn with a great big screen. And when people are speeding, just show them snapshots of them speeding with their with their with their speed on it. Right. In the same way that they right. have those little like robot speed guns that tell you like, no, you're going 42 miles an hour, not 40 miles an hour. Um, yeah. yeah. You could be a real jerk. You could. Yeah. That'd be kind lots of fun. fun. Lots of fun. Yeah. It's a lot easier than standing outside and yelling at people to get off your lawn. <laughs> That's and... right. Yeah. Automate it. You got to automate your curmudgeonry. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll be me when I'm, when I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm retired and it's like, that'll give me something to do. There, yeah. There's old man X with his cranky robots. <laughs> right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and i i found another thing with uh the mit came up with the system that could track people using wi-fi see this uh, this is crazy um yeah. when i read this this is I, I had no idea that it could be i i knew when we talked about before that you know you could like using wi-fi signals um you could get the shape of somebody in a room or something like that. But here that we're talking about accuracy to like, and like very, very good accuracy, like mm-hmm. uh, real specific, like enough to, for instance, track where somebody is in a store. Yeah. 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 Like what? 97% successful. Um, whether they're inside a store or outside the store. Um, yeah. It's great. Something to look forward to. Optimized ad experience, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also with, uh, I'm sure they could use that to, um, from a police standpoint, to be able to see through walls or I don't know what you could do with it. Um, have all kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I think it's the uh, it's the retail surveillance thing, which seems like yeah. the most obvious application to this. It also made me wonder, I think what's special about it is, well, maybe it's special is I wonder if there's a way to, uh, since it's just like a regular Wi-Fi signal, um, you can actually piggyback it on anything that sends a Wi-Fi signal, I would guess. Um, right. and so it's going to look just like a normal Wi-Fi base station or whatever that's, that's in the neighborhood. Um, right. and anyway, that made me think about this app that I just picked up. Uh, you heard about this thing, architecture of radio. Yeah. 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 Tell everybody what that is. Yeah, sure. So, I, so first of all, I had all their tapes in the eighties. Um, they were great. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah and uh and and uh apparently when they when they stopped turning out uh you know top 40 hits uh architecture of radio uh it's this app which knows where all of the sources of uh radio signals are coming from around you and it it's not like it has a sensor um it's actually got a little map in its brain and then it presents in an augmented reality kind of way um where all the base stations are where all of the mobile stations are you can even tilt your phone up and look at all the satellites that are that are bombarding you with uh with with um uh with radio signals um Mm -hmm. anyway really interesting and funny little side note um i have in the last month my wife and i both actually ended up getting bad signal um, in the, uh, uh, in our, in our house and it used right. to be fine. Now it's not fine. And so I call up AT&T and the good people at AT&T say, uh, Oh, okay. Well, hold on a second. Let me pull up your map. And, uh, she says, clickety click it. Whoa. She says, uh, I don't know what the problem is, but literally every one of your neighbors has a signal booster. I was like, Oh, okay. Um, then can I have How a do signal? We fix this? How do we fix yeah. this? And so I pulled up architecture radio to confirm this. And sure enough, um, I, I, my entire neighborhood is just littered with AT&T mobile stations and some were like 300 meters away. And I thought, and I thought to myself, how could I not be getting a signal if the, if the tower is like 300 meters away? And the answer is I don't have access to that tower because, um, 
And when you get those signal boosters, they are whitelisted to certain phone, certain phone numbers. So, oh. yeah. So, you oh. don't just, just because your neighbor has one doesn't mean that you can benefit from it. You've, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, yeah. So, in the meantime, though, it sounds like sending the signal boosters out is uh, not really fixing the problem. It sounds like they need a tower there or something. Yeah, they do need a. They, they probably do need a tower. But on the other hand, um, they probably get some relief in the fact that they're now using my broadband to deliver their service. So, yeah, for so them, win-win, the, the, right? No sense of urgency. There, yeah, uh, right. what Google Fiber is is yeah, uh, doing exactly the, the back end. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, anything I can do to help AT and T, as you know, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what what are your feelings on biometrics? Uh, I enjoy them. I'll tell you, I really enjoy the fingerprint sensor on the Nexus phones. Um, yeah. I'm getting really used to to not typing in passwords. I'm I'm very happy with that. So mm-hmm. in that sense, I like it. On the other hand, I definitely don't want somebody to cut my finger off so that they can get access to my phone. Yeah. Definitely. I'm definitely yeah. against that. Yeah. Well, here's here's one that, uh, let's see if you like this instead. Um, there's, a, there's a thing called a Skull Conduct um, that is a... <laughs> <laughs> Marketing genius, um, yeah. So it's a biometric user identification uh, system that you could put on eyewear um, using bone conduction through the skull. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it could use the bone conduction of sound through the user's skull, as well as a microphone uh, it, uh, that's integrated into things like uh, Google Glass. And by, I guess, measuring your skull brain waves and all that, um, you could use that to authenticate. So was, is it that the the signature of the what sound or the electricity going through your bones is unique? Is that is that what the? So at the core of skull conduct is a method to analyze the characteristic frequency response created by the user's skull using a combination of uh, uh, MEL frequency kepstrel coefficient features as well as uh, computationally lightweight uh, one NN classifier. Oh. Oh, okay. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Based on that description, I'm guessing they haven't quite productized it yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they call it skull conduct. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Needs need need another pass through marketing, I think. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we got that. So, if, uh, but the thing I worry about is with any, I guess with your fingerprints, if you die, somebody could unlock your phone. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, maybe um, at least in the uh, at least in the first few hours, right? I imagine at some point the fingerprints go slack. I would think. Yes. Right. Yes. And then and then you got your uh and I don't know if if this uh you you know with uh, skull conduct if it would work like do you need to be alive or what if somebody you know you're worried about your finger getting cut off what if somebody has to cut off your head. Yeah. And and then uh that leads all kind of other problems. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the, I've seen, the, I've seen that movie before. Um, yeah, although it's, a, although it is nice. Bi- I like biometrics as a, not as a primary thing, but like as a second factor. I think pretty great. Pretty yes. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it shouldn't be the only thing. Right. You know, there there should be like maybe a, a big honking password or something else that, in a rescue situation, somebody would be able to get into that. Mm-hmm you know, in case you lose your fingers or head or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And speaking of, of getting things cut off, have, have you seen that uh, killer drone video? It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, so if, for, if, if we yeah. said, if we see, yeah, if we said killer drone and you immediately thought of a drone with a chainsaw hanging off it, then you have it exactly right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yep, and uh, and it's pretty cool. I mean, it was. I'm surprised that it could lift a chainsaw like that. And uh, but it was mm-hmm. fun and dangerous. But uh, but I also found that um, there's a uh, totally unrelated. Uh, a hacker showed uh, there's a forty dollar attack that they're doing that steals that could steal a twenty eight thousand dollar police drone from two kilometers away. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So this just hijacks the control signals, I guess. So. They were using XB as the um, as the communication protocol, and uh, even though XB does do encryption, they uh, they don't they didn't turn it on due to performance reasons. <laughs> and then there was also a Wi-Fi link that was used to control uh, the aircraft 
below 100 meters, and they were using WEP for the Wi-Fi, not WPA. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty bad. Okay. Yeah, so like on the, on the XB, they were, they were using a man-in-the-middle attack where they were injecting commands uh, to tell the UAV to, um, like, it could reroute packets or block out the operator or, um, you know, let uh, attackers just uh, steal the drone. Man, when are people going to learn? It's just encrypt your channels and check your inputs, right? I should, yeah. get, I should get that tattooed on my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yep. Yeah, and th- and this is an older one that I saw. There was um, there at Black Hat Asia. Um, there was um, a, a sec- uh, the security lead uh, Dino Dai Zovi, uh, and he's from Square. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually like you know we've talked about the fragmentation of Android of like you know not everybody is running the same version. Unlike Apple, which is pretty clean, right? Where there's only a few number of versions that all the phones that are supported today run. Mm. Um, he actually sees the um, diversity of uh, versions of Android a blessing from a security standpoint because it's harder for an attacker to do like a large-scale attack on all of Android because it's so fragmented. Uh, right. Okay, this is the monoculture argument, right? Um, is that you find one device or you find one flaw and you suddenly get access to a billion devices, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like if, if it was up to you, what would you prefer? Like uh, a random cheap Android phone or that wasn't updated or um, like one with big market share, like a Nexus? Well, that's a question of framing. If I'm Google, uh, I am probably pretty happy with a, I would be hypothetically happy with a diverse ecosystem, right? I'm going to balance off, which is exactly what they did. I'm going to balance off the innovation and diversity um, with with the ability to patch. And I'm going to be okay with the ecosystem as it is. Um, that, That was for... That wasn't for security. That was more for market share, wouldn't you think? Yeah, exactly. Well, but I'm saying it all happens in say, in the in the context of the question, in the context of, of who you're asking, right? So if you ask Google, yeah. they'd be like, on balance, we're pretty okay with how it is. Um, if you ask any individual user, obviously, I just want the patches as installed as quickly and painlessly as possible, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it just goes to show you can't necessarily rely on. Um, or you may not want to rely on a single vendor. Anyway, this stuff is hard. I guess the moral of the story is this stuff is hard. I'm going to cop out yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how's your, uh, how's your, uh, doorbell doing? Doorbell's doing great actually. Yeah. Uh, yep. Got it hooked up to the new, uh, Google fiber and, uh, it's a delight. It's a delight. In fact, I just used it, uh, the other day, um, yeah. to, uh, know when, uh, one of my birthday presents arrived. So that was nice. Oh yeah. Happy birthday. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I saw, um, you know, we, we always talk about vendor abandonment and, uh, uh, Google uh, actually, there was uh, they bought a, a home automation company, I guess called Revolve, or the product was called Revolve, and um, they reached into everybody's devices and bricked them all on purpose. Man, <laughs> welcome to the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it it was like um, so. The thing there was that it's like, oh well, we don't want to support it. We're worried about security, all that stuff. So it's much easier. It's much better to brick it. Um, than it is to let people be, I guess, at risk. And if you look at the fact, uh, Google tells its customers that the bricking is okay because their warranties have expired. And besides, this is all covered in the fine fine print that they clicked through or at least saw the link to. (laughs) Yeah, not a really good argument. I mean, so here's something I'm learning, especially in my new job, is that uh, killing products is harder than you think it is. Um, oh yeah, because you've already, you've always got that you know you've always got a few holdouts out there who want support for the next twenty years. Um, they don't ever want to move. They're happy with how it is now. And the way I come at this is thinking about the business model, right? So if I went to Home Depot and I bought a Revolve system, whatever that is, uh, and then installed it, I would expect that to work indefinitely uh, because I bought it once. Um, whereas if it mm-hmm. was something like a mm-hmm. say a cable mm-hmm. modem, right, which they'll lease to me. 
Um, and if the cable company wanted to brick that and then send me a new one, I'm relatively comfortable with that because it's just part of the service that I'm getting. Right. So, and you see here, like the difference between licensing something to somebody mm -hmm. or, or selling it outright mm -hmm. and giving them a subscription to a service. Um, uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of, it changes the way you think about this stuff, right? Cause if I buy it outright, I think that I own it and it's going to be useful for as long as I think it's useful. Um, but with a subscription, what you're getting is the assurance that you will always have one kind of a service or another. You see where I'm going with that? Yep. Yeah, no, totally, totally. It's a, definitely it's a product or service. But I also think about like what happens with uh, as, as people get older and they start thinking about, um, you know, their their future and uh, and also all the stuff that they bought. Like, do they own all the stuff that they bought from iTunes or from uh, on their Kindle and everything where that's really not necessarily the case? They may have bought a license to use it, but it's a non-transferable license. And so, like, I, I saw uh, a while ago was that Bruce Willis was suing Apple uh, for uh, the right to be able to take everything that he bought in iTunes and to be able to give it to his children. Um, and where I don't think that's possible right now. And mm -hmm. Um, and I think this is going to be more and more of an acute problem as, you know, this technology fleshes out and, you know, people pass on and, and, and they realize it's like, wow, there's like a thousand dollars worth of Kindle books that you really can't get access to unless you're logged in as that person. And, and is there no, there appears to be no right of transferability as opposed to like, uh, having a book that, you know, somebody always liked and be able to give it to your grandchildren or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so have you set your Google living will yet, Dave? No. Oh, so, that is that where you could, uh, uh, set things up that it's like, if you don't check in after so long, it, it flips over to somebody else or. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's a whole, you can actually, it's very clever and I wish more companies would do this, um, where you can tell Google, okay, well, if you don't hear from me in three months, then send an email to this person and then send an email to this person and then call this person. And, uh, when they respond or they, if they do whatever the confirmation is, um, then go ahead and give them access to my stuff. If you haven't heard from me after X amount of time, um, I was, I was surprised at how, at how sophisticated it was. Um, and then also we can have a conversation about all of the opportunities for exploitation that presents. Um, there's gotta be, I'm sure they've thought through this, but, uh, uh, anyway, moral of the story is, um, it's a nice way of making sure that at least all your Google stuff, um, uh, can, can be around after you, uh, after you depart. Right. But is it still transferable though? Like, can you take the Google Play music or Google Play books and all that and move it around? And I think the other thing, though, is I think it with Google Play, they have a family plan or something where they do. you can actually share the media with a couple of people, which is I think that's nice, too. And that's that's more reasonable. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. In fact, we are we uh, we enjoy the Google family plan. Yeah. So it's like 15, 15 bucks a month. And uh, me and Ingrid and anybody else in the family, uh, Soren, when he gets older, uh, can all uh, all have access to the uh, to the information uh, for that one yep. low low price. Nice, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and then uh, speaking of vendor abandonment, have, have you ever seen the uh, there's a, uh, there's this TSA app that you would see somebody like a TSA agent uh, standing at the front of where the pre-check line is, and then they would like tap. They'd be holding an iPad, and then they would tap it. And then it would have an arrow that would point either towards the pre-check line or towards the regular line. I have not seen this. Interesting. I have. Okay. I have. And, and uh, uh, it's a real thing. I, I've seen it. And um, so it's an app, runs on an iPad. The agent taps the screen. It points. And then it's basically randomly spins and it will point towards one line or the other. Um, how much would you pay for an app like that? Um, probably about 25 cents. Cause I could, seems like I could, I would just be able to flip a coin, right? Get the same result. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, that's a nice physical analog that uh, doesn't <laughs> need batteries. Um, yeah. Uh, $47,000. So it's a lot more quarters than that. Um, Jeepers. yeah, yeah. Um, but they're not doing it anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yep. Man. Is that now? So I'm the I'm the I'm the program manager on something like that, and 
So I actually have, I have grand ambitions for an extremely sophisticated app that can, uh, whatever, figure out which passengers are approaching and be able to sort them automatically. So I've got, you know, I've got this beautiful roadmap of, of features that I want to add to this, right? It's going to get plugged into the airline ticketing system and it's going to check RFIDs or, or do facial recognition to figure out if the person's in pre-check or not or like whatever it is. And uh, I get about six months into the project and then realize that none of that is going to work. And, yeah. uh, and I just replaced the entire thing with a random number generator and nobody noticed. Yeah. That's my fantasy Min- about how that happened. Minimal viable product. That's right. Minimum mm-hmm. viable product. Very important. Yep. Yeah. Feel fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is more recent news. Um, did you hear about the the? There's this uh, flight in Perth, uh, Australia that that got grounded for a little bit. No, I didn't hear about this. Yeah. So there's this lady on a plane. Uh, I guess she brought up her phone or wife or a laptop or something and was scanning for looking for Wi-Fi hotspots. And uh, one of the SSIDs is the hotspot name was mobile detonation device that's that's pretty funny actually <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah so then so the the lady got a hold of the captain and then uh the captain broadcast a message telling them that the fr- flight was being delayed because a device was believed to be aboard and needed to be located um and then uh he said that there was a device on the plane and that uh, he found threatening and that they weren't going to leave until the device was brought to him. And I guess there was this, like, nobody, like, fessed up, right, and, and uh, like, brought it forward. Uh, you know, you can imagine the guy that, that came up with that and is like, crap, I'm not saying anything. Um, so he, I guess they just waited it out and that uh, um, there's a bunch of people that demanded it to be put on other flights, uh, but ultimately the uh, the device was not found. It was still on the plane. The plane was cleared for takeoff, and um, uh, and it landed uh, safely in Perth two hours behind schedule. Man, what a mess! <laughs> that's a, that's a, well, you know, in order to find the device, well, it sounds like we could actually use some of that Wi-Fi detection capability we were talking about earlier, but. Um, the sounds like uh if i was looking for that device i'd be looking for like the guy in like the doctor who t-shirt you know what i'm saying like <laughs> right. there's, there's a certain the kind there's yeah the, <laughs> there's a certain kind of a person who's going to name their wi-fi hotspot mobile detonation device right and, yeah yeah it's gonna but be if, a, it, but also like if you were a crafty terrorist and you literally wanted to cause terror that's a super cheap way um to do something like that yeah yeah just like get a hot spot and then you know you're getting off the plane and you just stick it in a seat back and just walk away. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so easy. You can do it by accident. Yeah. Yeah. But are you, well, uh, fortunately you haven't been traveling, but I, I've been seeing a lot of things in the news with uh, TSA lines getting really long. Yeah. I've been reading about this. Apparently it's, uh, they had, uh, Congress had anticipated that pre-check would be a more popular program than it is. And yeah. th- right. That's the, that's, that's yeah. the score. Okay. And so they'd, they anticipating needing less TSA agents. They actually pulled funding for those TSA agents, and uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So then you got the long lines, mm-hmm. and like I was in, you know, like I saw all that on the news, and I was like, the, I had a flight the next day, and it's like, oh my gosh, I better get to Akron really early, and you know, just in case you never know, and because sometimes it gets long, but it's usually not a problem. I get there, and there were more TSA agents than there were like passengers. It was, it was like me, another lady and a flight attendant just walk in the whole, like, uh, you know, area going through and like 10 TSA agents. So it was something else. Right. It sounds like we got a balancing problem there. I, so, uh, uh, did you have a more thorough check than usual? No, no, no. They, they were like, Hey, how's it going? I mean, they all know me. So it's like, <laughs> I high five and go through the thing and you know it's like no big deal uh but yeah but for the ones where the the lines are really long um uh uh they're uh to help alleviate all the pressure um and all the the stress and anxiety that people are facing while they're waiting in the tsa lines uh some airports are um sending in uh clowns and uh tiny horses okay can you use the last thing i want to see when i'm in a tsa line is a clown um, yeah, maybe a mime. <laughs> Would you rather have mimes or <laughs> the jokes basically write themselves? By the way, um, but as I, when you mentioned when you mentioned animals, I was I made me think of like a, 
hasn't anybody seen Johnny Carson? Like this never goes well, right? Like the you're going to give him an animal and the animal's going to go uh, bananas, right? You know, you get a pony, somebody gets a, somebody gets a hoof in the face. That's that seems right. like a, that seems like not yeah. a very good idea. Yeah, yeah, and but I've seen it too where they would have uh, like I was at a hotel in Canada where they had uh, like rescue dogs in in the hotel lobby that you can go walk up to in the lobby and pet. Um, See, that's pretty and cool. It's, Actually, that's yeah, nice. I like yeah. That. And it's, uh, you know, just like a therapeutic uh, sort of thing. But mm-hmm. um, tiny horses, okay, I guess. Um, but uh, clowns, I, I, I don't, I'm, you know, I don't want to say I'm anti-clown. I, I want to be inclusive. But <laughs> it's like I, I, I just don't, I don't want to, uh, I, I don't like clowns, um, especially in, in an airport. It's stressful enough that it's like clowns don't make me happy. I'm sorry. Yeah. They just, they, they bother me. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, clowns make me sad. Mimes make me even make me angry. Actually, mimes make me angry. Yeah, yeah. And I apologize to all the people that listen to the show that are clowns or mimes or and have people that or or have relatives that are uh, mimes or clowns. Yes. Um, but yeah. Sorry. Bo- both of you. We're sorry. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, let's let's talk. About, I got some other fun things that I found. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Um, in the the what could possibly go wrong uh, department, <laughs> um, Google is working on a web USB API. Oh, I don't like where this is going. Yeah, so you plug a device into your USB port, and uh, the web USB API will reach out to the internet, uh, figure out what drivers it needs to pull down, and install them transparently on your computer for you uh, for your ease of use uh, yeah. benefit. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I guess that, see, that's not where I thought you were going. Um, I was thinking of maybe a different proposal for them, which is, uh, which is that web Bluetooth standard that they're also developing, um, where you can actually connect to Bluetooth devices through your browser. Mm. Um, so like kind of using the internet as a bridge between two Bluetooth devices, which, uh, see, that's where I thought you were going with this actually automatically installing drivers for a particular blue uh, particular usb device i mean that's basically what happens with printers now for most operating systems right yeah yeah i guess um but are uh are the printer drivers like kernel level sort of things well and, no you're right about that yeah that's yeah that's true yeah. and and uh um, but in, in related news though and, and let's let's see what could possibly go wrong um there was uh a study by from Google of all people, um, and also the University of Illinois, uh, Urbana-Champaign, and the University of Michigan, they spread 297 uh, USB drives around the Urbana-Champaign uh, Champaign, Champaign, uh, 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 campus, and um, they found that uh, uh, 48% of all the drives were picked up and plugged into a PC. Ah, oh, come on. Oh, yep. people. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what like if you combine both of these stories together, that's that's what really you know it's like you get a random USB thing, and then it could just if it could pull down a driver and uh, install it, um, you don't know you know kernel level sort of thing. It's like wow, that's something else. Yeah, wow, that's that's that's, that's real bad. Yeah, and and so of the that forty eight percent, they said that sixteen uh, percent. Of the people bothered to scan with antivirus software before um, uh, checking out the files, uh, whereas the other 68% just uh, took no precautions and just plugged it in. Um, and then they said that, um, uh, uh, again, another that 68%, uh, I don't know if it's the same 68% of the people, um, but they were all doing it in good faith to find the owner of the drive, is what they were saying. Right. Well, of course, naturally. I- so I have a question about the methodology here because they seem to know a lot about what happened to these USB drives after they left the parking lot or whatever. How do they, well, there must've been malware on the USB that reports back, right? No, there was a, I, I got to look at the article, but I think there was like a, um, an HTML page and inside the HTML page, it would go to a particular URL that they would use to to uh, track to figure out and and so it was very benign. It didn't install anything or anything like that. Ah, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Man, people are stupid. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, speaking of Google, it like they was it uh, Google I/O. Uh, it was just over a little while ago, and they came out with Google Spaces, and then Google Allo, and Google Duo. And, right. Or, so it, Allo and wait, Allo is the new is the new new messaging system, right? Right. Okay. Right. It doesn't even have a web. It's a, it's phone. It's app only, I think. Right. So that gives me one, two, three, three, three messaging platforms now for for Google. You got Hangouts. You got yeah. the messaging app itself, which is like the SMS client, and then this Allo thing, right? Yeah, and then Google Plus, and then Google Plus. Uh, um, yep. Yep. And then the, yeah, and yeah, and then uh, there's. Google Duo, which is, I guess, their video sharing app or something like that. Google app sharing. Well, I, I'm not sure. Video sharing. Oh, video sharing. Video oh, sharing. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And right. and then there's Google Spaces, which I guess is supposed to be like a Slack competitor. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's another communication box for you. Great. Can never have too many of those. Yeah. Actually, yeah. and, actually, that's not yeah. true. We can definitely have too many of those. <laughs> no, I'm already having too many of them. That yeah. it's like I I have too many tools that could generate interrupts, and then you also have everybody spread out over all of these uh, devices too. So you have to have them all to be able to communicate with people, and it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Do you find yourself building kind of a mental map of oh, when I'm contacting this guy, the best way to get to them is phone or yes. email or text? Like I kind of have, I kind of have a, a, I have a little note card in my brain for for everybody in my life, and kind of oh, that person, that's a hangout person, or that person, that's a Slack person, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. All right, all right. So, did you see the uh, the new product risk report? Yeah, it's every year. Uh, I always well every every like Mark Cox is coming out with these all the time, right? Yeah, well, I mean he does. He does uh, I know he. I mean he, he's always collecting the data, but kind of once a year he does a big uh, he yeah. does a big kind of retrospective on how Red Hat product security did uh, mm-hmm. that year, and it's super interesting um, and some really interesting analysis uh, and. Uh, anyway, some of the high points is like, you know, 96% of rel critical issues, uh, were resolved, uh, you know, in basically one day, um, or in the same or the next day. Uh, and, uh, anyway, it's kudos to Mark. Um, it's great that he does the work and it's great that he's so transparent about it. Um, it really, I think it really puts a lot of people, puts a lot of minds at ease, um, (laughs) when we can share data like this. Yeah. And it's a transparency compared to, um, other companies that sort of hide behind uh, binaries, um, yep. not cool. Yep. yep, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. We mentioned the the summit coming up. We got a. We'll put a link to you. Got a session too, right? I do. I have a session on the future of Red Hat Enterprise Linux. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, tune into that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, Lauren was in the latest issue of Aerospace Frontiers. Uh, NASA's yeah it's NASA's newsletter um so if if I put a link in the show notes if you want to check it out um it's pretty cool uh go to the bottom of page four and you can see the robotics team there uh in the pit and Lauren is in in there so that's pretty cool that's great you know at this point Lauren probably doesn't even need to go to college she could probably just get hired straight into NASA (laughs) yeah maybe goodwill hunting style you know what I mean Yeah, yeah 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 yep but uh yeah yeah but we're always learning and uh yeah, and I, I got some lessons learned. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you know how you got the Bic pens? Mm-hmm. And, and then they have a little hole in the cap? Yeah. Do you, do you know why there's a hole there? Uh, because does it make it easier to pull on and off because there's not uh, suction keeping the, uh, you know, because there's not an airtight seal? Uh, it's a good idea. Okay. Um, but it, it wasn't one of the official answers. Um but uh, according to the BIC, uh, the, the BIC people, mm-hmm. um, they say that to, to help prevent the pen from leaking, uh, all, the, the, the hole is there to comply with international safety standards to minimize uh, the, uh, it, the risk if uh, children accidentally inhaling the pen caps. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. 
And also that tells me about the leaking that says to me that I, was, I wasn't totally wrong with the vacuum thing, that actually the vacuum would draw ink out of the pen um, as you're pulling it off. But that's, a, that's interesting. Is there, a, is there a rash of pen cap inhalers? I, that, I bet, yeah. Never occurred to me that that would be It happened a couple, and it's, I'm, yeah, like parents all over the place. Don't get rid of all of the pen caps. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. But uh, that was a fun fact I learned. Um, and then the other thing, I know, I know how you have a, uh, a cyber allergy. I do. I do. Yeah. It's cute. And, and I don't know if you saw the, the perfect suffix for your uh, cyber buzzword. No. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, take, take, let's, let's take a, okay, a look at let's, that. Let's click on this together. Yeah, and this is why I saved it for the end uh, in case you have a seizure and uh, <laughs> we could, we could uh, end, end it, uh, have a whole episode in the can first. So. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. So, what are your favorites? Uh, so I'm looking at so just for for folks playing at home, I'm looking at uh the world's worst bingo card. Uh, just and it's just a list of kind of all of these uh, all of these nouns that could be prefixed with uh, cyber. Um, I I've never liked cyber warriors, uh, and I think a cyber geddon probably probably the worst one for me. Cyber geddon, cyber geddon, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, how about you? Yeah, uh, cyber wise men. <laughs> that would be an awesome like business card title, you know, cyber wise men. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, I'm closing this tab. So gross. Yeah, but it, it reminded me of uh, when I was a little boy. Um, the around Christmas time, um, uh, th- I was thinking of the wise men. The, the, when I I saw this, I'm thinking about the wise men, and I was I was thinking about Christmas and the the three wise men and everything. And um, long time ago, my one cousin told me that his brother, my other cousin, um, he used to call the three wise men the three wise guys. <laughs> That's a di- that's a different movie. That's a different yeah. kind of a movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds like a Three Stooges sort of thing. Uh, yeah, uh, anyway. um, that's great. Yeah, great. But that's all I got. That's all I got, Dave. Uh, so, Dave, if uh, if folks want links uh, to, well, if they want to learn more about uh, all the various Wi-Fi detection work that we need to do, the Google announcements, uh, if they want to link to the Red Hat uh, Security Risk Report, uh, what what website should they go to? Yeah, they can be a cyber wiseman. Um, uh, they can go to dgshow.org. So D's and Dave, G's and Gunner, show.org. Wonderful. Uh, all right, Dave. Well, I guess uh, we'll see you next week. Okay. Thanks, Gunner. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>